Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. and welcome back to the let's talk about speech podcast i'm rachel and i'm claire and we're back for another episode if you haven't had a chance to listen to our last episode stop go listen and then come back so today on the podcast we have beth katoni who is i'm so excited that she is here to share her story she is a stroke survivor who has also just done such amazing things in her lifetime. And we're so excited to hear her story, um, both before, during, after her stroke, and just hear what she's going through. So Beth, thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really incredibly grateful to be here. And we're incredibly grateful to have you, truly. Um, So if you want to just dive right in and Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Sure. So currently I am a 55 year old woman. Um, I had a severe stroke when I was 50, about five years ago. Um, And that was in January. It was January 9th of 2017. And it sort of marked the period before was the old best. And the period since then is the new Beth. So (laughs) there's so much to talk about. So (laughs) I was Beth. Up until I was 50, I was very achievement oriented. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, recently I um, got my PhD and master's. I was a researcher full time. I was the mother, I am the mother of three girls. Um, a, I was a runner competitively and a very competitive tennis player. And then on January 9th of 2017, that all ended. Mm-hmm. had a severe stroke. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I was kind of like, oh gosh, well, first of all, you know, I didn't have any idea what was happening. Um, my first symptom was I was seeing double and then I basically passed out and for three weeks was in a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for two more weeks, sort of in and out of consciousness, mm-hmm. I came out of the coma, but it wasn't until Valentine's Day that I really knew, oh, this is going on. Right. I was so out of it. Mm-hmm. But at that point, um, you know, it was like, all I knew really is I couldn't do anything really. I mean, I had a trach. He asked me to stop my breathing and a feeding tube because I couldn't just swallow or eat. Um, I couldn't walk, which I didn't know at that time, and I couldn't talk. So I think that was the first thing I realized. I was using a letter board. So maybe was a bit of physic, yeah. but 
he came back, but with obviously um, this dysarthria. Mm -hmm. I've been working for about four years on, you know, my speech and my ability to swallow and to eat, you know, all that stuff right here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, you know, now that I'm stable, <laughs> um, I think I almost died and they were just really interested in keeping me alive. Um, so let's see. Um, so after my stroke, when I was stable and I was the new Beth, I was like, so now what? Right. Oh, I guess I'll write that book. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wrote a book anyway, but that's later. Uh, but I had to relearn everything, like my dysarthria is about relearning how to talk. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I'm really thinking, I'm very, very grateful to have the speech therapy that I have, mm -hmm. as I do really think it has helped me. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you know, I'm still dysarthric. Um, I think that's the right. Yes, Arthur. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely so much better than I used to be. Mm -hmm. um, so, and what's really good uh, is that in learning to accept the new bed, um, I have set some new goals for myself. Um, so at first, all I wanted in every way was to go back to the old Beth. I wanted to run marathons and, you know, in my old voice and go back to work and, and raise my kids. And none of that happened. The new Beth, I mean, it all happened just very differently. So I, Basically, I had to relearn everything um, and set new goals. But in the long run, you know, the new bath really, I think it is even better. I mean, you know, one of my big realizations is the old bath was not nearly perfect at all. Yeah. Um, the old Beth accomplished a lot, mm -hmm. for sure, mm -hmm. but didn't really have a real essence. Mm -hmm. The new Beth is all about my essence mm -hmm. and sort of being a good person. I hate to be so Pollyanna-ish, but no. it's about love and I do one another mm -hmm. and compassionate. Mm -hmm. It sounds cheesy, but really, it, it's really about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and before that, before my stroke, you know, I really wasn't focused on those things. Mm -hmm. I 
was more focused on getting my PhD and doing good research and being a fast runner. Uh, you know, all those sort of, I don't want to say type A, but <laughs> the way sort of, I sort of was type A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so driven and competitive. Um, and my stroke really changed all that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my, now it's all about, I'm a very different person now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, my essence is about who, you know, being kind, like I said, being compassionate. Um, in terms of my speech, um, like I said, I, you know, I'm dysarthric, but I'm so much better than I used to be. And that's thanks to Claire and her amazing students, Kaziah and Maria Marine with her right now. Um, so we were going diaphragmatic breathing. We were going on over articulation. Um, we work on... Well, uh, I have to pull up my notes. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I don't want to forget. Um, and while you're yeah. while you're pulling that up, Beth, I just would like to say that mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear you talk about the old Beth versus the new Beth because I've I yeah. only know the new Beth and I've only known mm-hmm. the new Beth, but mm-hmm. I do think there are a lot of qualities of the old Beth that you still have. You still are so incredibly driven. You That's still are true. focused mm-hmm. on you know being your best self and putting your best Mm. self forward. And I know those are things that the old Beth had Mm, um, front and center. So I, I just think it's so cool that, you know, these, these pieces are still a part of you. It's just in Mm. a different way. And you just have a completely new perspective on life and time and just on everything. And it's, it's very cool to hear about. Thank you for saying that because I do believe that there are, that I've brought forward, well, I always just try to bring forward the good parts of myself and leave on the bad parts, but I've learned that's really hard. It is. Yes. Um, But yeah, the old Beth is here and I incorporated some new things. Yes. I say new Beth, but the new Beth really is the old Beth with some new things incorporated. Right. Um, Beth, I have just... to say, I have, I know our listeners can't see me, but I have a permanent smile on my face right now, listening to you talk and I can Thank just you. hear the passion in your voice and mm-hmm. I can hear how driven you are. Um, well, thank you. Which well, I think yeah. is so remarkable. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to describe um, Beth in one word, passion would definitely be the word I would yeah. use to describe <laughs> Beth. True. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, um, yeah, that I think is partly old Beth, partly new Beth. Yeah. A little bit of both. A little of both. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Remember, but really, I don't want to forget. That's okay. Um, hmm. Oh, here we go. Um, 
Oh, wait, no. <laughs> wait. <laughs> I love that you have the notes for us, though. That's great. <laughs> I know, right? Thank goodness I do. Right. Uh, yeah, I said diaphragmatic breathing and the verticulation incorporating speech practice into my yoga practice. Mm. And just, this is interesting, discriminating between my singing lessons, mm -hmm. which are really bad, <laughs> and my speech. Yes. Yeah, it's very interesting to hear, Beth, your experiences yeah. with your singing coach versus with the speech therapist with us as speech therapists, because they mm -hmm. overlap a lot, mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of differences in mm -hmm. the way that yes. we speech mm -hmm. versus how we produce singing. So it is cool True. for us to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think at first I saw so many similarities mm -hmm. in like walking and talking and swallowing and you know, seeing and find motion, everything. But as I look closer, I can see there are definitely differences too. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. And I wanted to touch really quick on the yoga piece. Cause Rachel, I don't mm. even think I told you about, I this, don't know at, um, at our not national, sorry, at our state conference, there was a woman speech therapist there who, um, specializes in how to inc mm. incorporate voice into yoga. So she's a mm. yoga instructor and a speech therapist. Uh. And so she makes these practices with her clients based upon enhancing and exercising their voice into these yoga poses. So it's so cool. So I gave, oh I gave Beth the whole presentation and we did a couple of exercises and I, mm -hmm. I think it's just so cool because it overlaps mm. Beth with something that you already do that you like mm -hmm. to do. And so it's something that you can mm -hmm. incorporate into your voice exercises. So mm -hmm. I think that's great. It's perfect. Yeah. And then in addition to that, um, in the mornings, I do my sort of, I call them exercises. Yeah. Uh, well, they're squats, different things, and smell and stuff. But I always incorporate my speech exercises with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's in a way multitasking, mm -hmm. um, which is hard for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I do it with my physical legs mm -hmm. and my speech. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's good. Yeah. And I think that's a great, I know we've talked about how great that is for like warming you up for the day, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like oh, not just yes. a physical warm up, but also a voice and speech warm up as well. Mm -hmm. Because I know there is some correlation between like fatigue and getting your voice warmed up mm -hmm. for the day. So mm -hmm. um, just having that, that be a really mm -hmm. good start to your day to set mm -hmm. you up. Yeah. It's really a good start. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out when I should do my singing practice. I know it sounds like you have a lot penciled in for every single day. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I never stop. Yep. She is always, always accounting for something. I feel yeah. like throughout your days, um, Beth, I, I wanted you to bring up also your stroke survivors or what are you calling it? Your group, oh, support your, group. your support group. Yeah. I wanted. so she also started a support group. So if you could tell us a little bit about yeah. that. So I have a 
a support group for stroke survivors um, and their teens. And it's really taken off. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have these amazing guests. And, you know, I just am drawing so many different people in. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I've been doing that about three years now. Mm -hmm. It just keeps growing it does it's oh my so nice. goodness <gasps> speaking of busy i heard you mentioned you wrote a book oh yeah <laughs> i've written and published one book and i'm working on my second manuscript <laughs> i know do you ever sleep <laughs> a little <laughs> i know it's good for me <laughs> challenging right so can you tell us a little bit about your first book and then what, oh, your, what your next yeah. book is going to be? Well, yeah. So my two books are very different. Mm -hmm. My first book was, it was published and is about dyslexia, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, before I had my stroke, well, even now, actually, now too, um, I did so much work with dyslexia and was so amazed by my students. I said, oh my gosh, I have to write the book. Yeah. So then I had a stroke that um, now write my book. <laughs> <laughs> so that one came out in October. Mm -hmm. And my second manuscript is more about well, it's really partly about my stroke, but mostly it's about adults reinventing themselves for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, you know, people who have a stroke, people who have kids, and then the kids leave like me, um, which can be traumatic. Mm -hmm. People lose their jobs or their work, and that's hard for me to assess me. Um, and then what? There's a fourth one. Um, oh, I'm reading a great book by a guy named Frank Bruni right now who had an optic nerve stroke. Um, so he lost sight, I guess, in his right eye. So people who lose either their ability to talk or see or hear, you know, traumatic. Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. well, he was a New York Times columnist, but actually, I think he still is. He wrote this book about having a stroke and how it changed his life. Mm, wow. And he is a beautiful writer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, even if you haven't had a stroke, you would love his book because it's just beautifully written. Wow. What's it called again? Did, did you say? Uh, the name of the book is The Beauty of Dusk. The Beauty of Dusk. By Frank Bruni. Frank. B-R-U-N-I. 
So he's someone that you've got to get to come to your groups and yeah. be a speaker. I know. <laughs> I'm sure you yeah, have a whole I'll list of people you're asking. For him. Yeah. Well, the latest I was gonna say, you were trying to get who are you trying to get? <laughs> Michael J. <Jake. laughs> Michael J. Why not? Well, I've sort of given up on him. <laughs> yes, a Parkinson's found mm-hmm. and I'm still being annoyed. <laughs> Beth is very persistent. It's a foundation. Yeah. I know. It's bad, but no, it's good. Oh, that's great. Hoping someone at least from the foundation, yeah, come and talk. Yes, well, that's what I get back. That's what I think is so great about your group is it is opening up to more than just stroke survivors, it's Mm, other people who have had something affect so Parkinson's and their speech Mm. and motor skills are being affected by that. All of these, Mm -hmm. you know, adults who have had something happen or something to their brain. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So I think Mm -hmm. that's really cool in the sense of, you know, different things are happening to people, but it's also, Mm -hmm. you guys still have this commonality um, and the support that you can give one another. So I think Mm -hmm. that's great. Um, Yeah. I've been too really good friends who are amazing with brain cancer mm-hmm. mm. and one of mm. them um doesn't the one she's out of the country right isn't she or who am oh, i think barbara who there's a no she's in northern virginia oh okay but there is someone in finland because mm. we're virtual that's mm. what i'm thinking there's of. a okay. woman in finland who mm. i adore <laughs> She had a stroke very similar to mine. That's right. It is rare mm-hmm. because my kind of stroke, which is hemorrhagic and cerebellar, affects only 13% of stroke people. Mm. So, and most of them die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I'm. We're looking at a very small percentage of survivors. Mm-hmm. So to find this woman in Finland for me was just really amazing. And you how know? did you find her? I don't even know how you. How did you get connected? Yeah, with her? it was through another stroke person. Okay, in the, I think it's South Carolina. Gotcha. And that is just so cool. I think that support mm-hmm. piece is huge. Oh I mean, yeah. the network, you possibly, yes. yes. You can't possibly be going through something like this and feeling like you're the only one. You know, I mean, I, I can't imagine. Well, no, I do believe our last session on support. I believe support, whatever mm-hmm. way is best for you to get right. crucial. Like some people do not want to come to a support group, and I would never force someone to come. Right. right. But you know, I would want to ask them, "You, how are you getting support? Because you need something." Right. Everyone mm-hmm. needs something. Yeah. I mean, people just don't even know how helpful it can be. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And some people, like we talked about in the last group, um, some people just don't even know what kind of support they need. They just mm-hmm. need I to know. put themselves out oh there because my. they might not know. I know. It's yeah. true. 
Yeah. So that's why I think it's great that you have this as an option. So I think that's mm, wonderful. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. Go ahead. I was just going to ask if there was anything. No, else I was just going to say, you know, what it's very different. I mean, not done rehabbing yet, but the first year is different from the second year is from the third year, fourth year, fifth year, et cetera. Right. So mm-hmm. my first year, mm-hmm. all I did was cry. <laughs> it was just very filled with sadness and anger. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really even, you know, do a thing. Right. So, you know, if someone came to me now and I said, and they said, hey, I just had a stroke, which maybe they wouldn't, or their caregiver said, mm-hmm. say, they need to grieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is uncomfortable, but very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's no set amount of time for grieving. Right. You know, everyone mm. needs to do it. For me, it was about a year before I started crying. I was still grieving. Right. And I sort of made this joke. I was stuck on the, the five stages of grief. Right. Going round Continuum. and round. Oh, um, you know, I mean, in a way, I think you never stop grieving. Right. I will always be a survivor. Mm-hmm. I will always be sad about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to move on. Right, mm-hmm. right. And it takes an incredibly strong person to even be able to say that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. my hat is off I mean, to you because yeah. that's I mean, huge. rehabbing really is the hardest thing I've ever done. Absolutely. I've done some very hard things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know when I, when I first met you, we talked a lot about, or we talked a little bit, I guess, about how it's even that feeling of you being like, you were the teacher role for so long. And now you're being in the patient or student role. Mm, And even to have to change that, because for your Mm. whole adult life, you were the one teaching others. And now the role changed and Mm -hmm. you were sitting in the, in that. And boy, have I learned more than I ever imagined. Mm -hmm was the intervention provider and researcher and teacher and you know all of that for years right now I'm like on the receiving end mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And, and wow and you I, still are a teacher mm-hmm. and oh, a researcher yeah. and mm-hmm. you know these still these things are still a part of you it's just now you have all right. these other hats you're wearing too mm-hmm. which is I just no and I mean, it's cool Wow. I mean, hopefully eventually it's taking friggin' forever. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> My rehab uh, five years out, mm-hmm. still slowly improving. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was I going to say? But boy, oh boy, being on the other end, being sort of a patient or a student or whatever you want to call it, is eye-opening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I was empathic before, and I mm-hmm. was, but now, oh my gosh, I'm mm-hmm. so compassionate and empathetic. I mean, is 
is amazing, really. Right. Yeah. It's the new Beth. It's the Beth. <laughs> yeah. Well, Beth, we really, really appreciate you and everything Thank that you, you opened I up. I am so grateful to Absolutely. Yes. To is there anything guys. else that you'd like to leave us with or any, any other words of wisdom even that you'd like to um, leave our, our listeners? Just to say, you know, that, you know, now I take nothing for granted. Um, and I would encourage everyone to take nothing for granted. I mean, even little things. I mean, it's really hard, but if you can just try to see, say the beauty in the flower or a spider mm -hmm. or a bird, mm -hmm. I, you know, those are the kinds of things that you know, really are amazing to me now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the things that actually matter. I think that's, <laughs> you know, amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, Beth, you are wonderful. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> Thank you Thank for coming you on so here. much. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode. Thank you again so much for joining us. And as always, you can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech. And if you or anyone you know is in need of speech therapy in Southeast Michigan, feel free to email me at speechissupersweet at gmail.com. And you can also follow the Let's Talk About Speech podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you give those a like and a follow. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or my Facebook page, Kindly Speech LLC. And if anyone in the Ohio area is in need of speech teletherapy, please contact me, kindlyspeechllc at gmail.com. Rachel and I also have an email for the podcast that you can email us with suggestions or if you or someone you know wants to be on the podcast, that's let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.